Welcome to this week's episode of the Creeptastic Nerds. I am Justin Vaughn, joined as always by Jay and Tyler Gibson. Alright, this week we are covering our first serial killer. We went with America's first serial killer, H.H. Holmes. Yeah. Herman Webster Mudgett. Is his actual name? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's read out the book first. Uh, elephants can only get about two hours of sleep a day. Damn, that sucks. That's a lot wow. of sleep, man. Well, this one's even worse. 20 billion cards are packaged... Or, yeah. 20 billion cards and packages are delivered every year in the U.S. between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I believe that. That's a lot of fucking <sighs> packages and cards. Yeah. Christmas time, dude. Uh, a rhinoceros' horn is made of compact hair. Nice. And you know how many of the packages or gifts they end up getting returned because people don't want them? A lot. <laughs> or regifted. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to say this, but the, it, I'm going to say what it says before this. Um, the only purple animal in South, in the South African, there's, wait, what? The only purple animal is in the South African Desblock? Desblock? That's you, Jay. We, we always shared a book. Where are we at? And the world's smallest mammal is the bumblebee bat of Thailand, which weighs less than a penny. Nice. We so I could, wait, 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 does that mean I could punt a bat? Tyler would still be scared of it. Yeah, he'd still be, ter- he'd be terrified of it. It's small. I could just, bitch. Get it away, get it away, get it away. <laughs> he kicks it away from me. Ah, put a over here. I'm gonna ah. f- this is never going to be let down, is it? Nope. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> camels have three eyelids to protect their eyes from blowing sand. I actually did know that. I did not know that, but that's actually a cool fact. Uh, They're just like, the one, two, three. I, mean, I didn't know they had three, but I knew they had multiple to keep sand out. I didn't know how many. Well, it's three, Jay. You learn something new every day. Uh, the giant African snail grows to a foot long. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Oreo is the world's best-selling cookie. I believe that. The giant squid is the largest creature without a backbone and can grow up to 55 feet long, and each eye is a foot or more in diameter. It's a big-ass squid. <sighs> Jesus, fuck. Uh, a giraffe moves both legs on one side of its body together when it runs. I can see that. Have you not seen The Lion King? It literally shows that. I've never paid attention to the draft. Circle and it moves us all. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Justin's just... Be Justin prepared. <laughs> uh, the world's heaviest motorcycle weighed 10,470 pounds. Nice. I killed Mufasa. Hey. Scar's an asshole. And this one's just a picture page. And it is... Texas is the only... State that has permit residents to vote from space. Cool. He's not an asshole. He just felt like he was supposed to be king. And not his brother. Or his brother. I heir. really didn't want to read that next one. And my brain caught the curiosity because of the photo. But I'm going to wait till later for that one. Even though I would like to read it now. But it's just terrible what I just read. <laughs> it's a surprise for next week's episode. Alright, so, our Actually, topic. Three weeks from today. True that. Yep. Well, technically, I mean, he is right next week's episode. I mean, because when they hear this, it would be the following no, week's No, what he's going to read next. I know. To us. To us, it's... It's three weeks out. But to the n- listener, it, it is a week. 
Jesus, Jay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, H. H. Holmes. Oh, before we even start reading any of this, what did y'all actually know about H. H. Holmes before we said, "Hey, let's do this topic"? Uh, that he was a <laughs> con man and a serial killer. I really didn't know squat. <laughs> I didn't know he was. I've heard about him because of Supernatural. Right, 20, 20, oh shit, that's right. Or the what? Supernatural. They actually cover it. In, they have a whole episode oh, of H. H. Holmes. Shit. Of where he was executed. Jay. Wow, now I feel idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> we all had a blonde moment there. Wow. Dude, uh, I know that's kind of off topic, but it was because you brought up Supernatural. There was a clip wow. on TikTok from the Winchesters where Dean goes back in time and gives the Impala to his mom and dad. Carry on my wayward And he brings Bobby and Jack with him, but then the mom like, quotes Dean's line, which is, don't you know the one rule? Shotgun, uh, or driver picks and music, shotgun Chester cake hole. And I'm like, oh, that's where Dean gets it from. Alright. So, H.H. H. Holmes. Herman Webster Mudgett. Born May 16th, 1861. Died. Well, executed. May 7th, 1896. Okay, technically he still died, though. He I ironic, how ironic is it, though, he was executed in the same month he was born in. I know. That's fucking... Which been even crap. better if it would have been like ten birthday. years later. That would have been better. Not ten years later, but like thirty years, almost thirty something. They didn't want to give him the benefit. So Thirty-five. Yeah. Better known as Doctor Henry Howard Holmes, or H. H. Holmes. He was an American con artist and serial killer. The subject of more than <coughs> fifty lawsuits in Chicago alone until his execution in eighteen ninety-six. He chose a career of crime, including insurance fraud, swindling, check forging, three to four, bigamous illegal marriages, uh, horse theft, and murder. So instead of grand theft, apparently he was stealing horses. Other names for him are H. H. Holmes, Alexander Bond, America's first serial killer, the Beast of Chicago, the Devil in the White City, <coughs> the Torture Doctor, the Arch Fiend. Judson, Robert E. Phelps. And actually, despite his confession of 27 murders, including some people who were very viably still alive, while waiting execution, Holmes was convicted and sentenced to death for one murder, that of his accomplice and business partner, Benjamin Petzl. It is believed he killed three of the Petzl children as well as three mistresses, the child of one of his mistresses, and the sister of another, Holmes was executed on May 7th, 1896. Holy shit. <clears throat> I like what the place that they call his building, though, that they call it. It's called Murder Castle. Yeah, much of the lore surrounding the Murder Castle, along with many of his alleged crimes, are considered likely exaggerated or fabricated for sensationalistic tabloid pieces. Many of these factual occurrences have persisted due to the combination of infective police investigations or hyperbolic tabloid journalism, which are often cited as historical record. Holmes gave various contradictory accounts of his life, initially claiming innocence, and later that he was possessed by Satan. His uh, prop 
propensity for lying was made it, made it difficult for researchers to assert the truth on the basis of his statements. Jesus. Since the 90s, he's been described as a serial killer. In his book about Holmes, Adam Soldier writes, just killing several people isn't necessarily enough for most definitions of a serial killer. More often, it has to be a series of crimes, some of the crimes committed over a period of time, usually more to satisfy its logical urge on the killer's part than any more practical motive. He added, the murderers we can connect him to generally had clear motives. Someone knew too much or was getting in his way and couldn't be trusted. The murders weren't simply for love of bloodshed, but a necessary part of furthering his swindling operations and protecting his lifestyle. Alright, so early life. I'll jump right back into his early life here. Um, he was born Herman Webster Mudgett in something New Hampshire. Gilmington? Yeah. To Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price, both whom were descended from the first English immigrants in the area. Mudgett was his parents' third-born child. He has he had an older sister, Ellen, and an older brother, Arthur, a younger sister, Mary, and a younger brother, Henry. Holmes' father was <coughs> from a farming family, and at times he worked as a farmer, trader, and house painter. His parents were devout Methodists. Later attempts to fit Holmes into the pattern seen in modern serial killers have described him torturing animals and suffering from abuse at the hands of a violent father, but contemporary and eyewitness accounts of his childhood do not provide either. Not provide proof of either. My bad. <laughs> On July 4th, 1878, he married Clara Lovering, Lovering and Alton. Their son Robert Lovering was born on February 3rd, 1880 in London, New Hampshire. Robert became a certified public accountant and served as city manager of Orlando, Florida. Can I say one thing real quick? What? Why is it every time we talk about something like a serial killer or some shit or somebody dying, it's always got to be around a date that I'm that I know or a date that's related towards me? Because look, July fourth, two days after I was born, my house was built in 1881 when some dude's dead body went missing from a cemetery. <laughs> Holmes enrolled in the University of Vermont and Brandon at age 18. He was dissatisfied with the school and left after one year. In 82, he entered the University of Michigan Department of Medicine and Surgery. Graduated in June 84 after passing his exams. While enrolled, he worked in the anatomy lab with Professor William James Hartman, then the chief anatomy instructor, and the two were said to have been engaged in facilitating grave robbing to supply medical cadavers. Combs had apprenticeship Apprenticed in New Hampshire under Nahum White, a noted advocate of human dissection. Dissection? <coughs> I'm fucking gonna read that word, and I, I knew what that word was. Dissection? Yeah. I, I said it wrong to begin with, and I corrected myself. Years later, when Holmes was sus suspected of murder and claimed to be nothing but an insurance fraudster, he admitted to using cadavers to defraud life insurance companies several times in college. Oh, wow. Damn, what a sick fuck. Jesus. Housemates described Holmes as treating Clara violently, and in 1884, before his graduation, she moved back to New Hampshire and later wrote she knew little of him afterwards. After he moved to Moore's, Folks, Moore's Forks, New York, a rumor spread that Holmes had been seen with a, little, with a little boy who later disappeared. Holmes claimed the boy went back to his home in Massachusetts. 
No investigation took place, and Holmes quickly left town. That's not shady at all. He later traveled to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to get a job as a keeper at Northern State Hospital. But quit after a few days. He later took a position at a drugstore in Philadelphia. But while he was working there, a boy died after taking medicine that was purchased at the store. Holmes denied any involvement in the child's death. He immediately left the city right before moving to Chicago. He changed, he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes to avoid the possibility of being exposed by victims of his previous scams. I realize this may move <coughs> around a lot. Yeah. In his confession after his arrest, Holmes claimed he had killed his former medical school classmate, Robert Lee Cook, in 86 for insurance money. Lee Cook, however, died in Watford, Ontario, in Canada on October 5th, 89. In late 86, while still married to Clara Holmes, Clara Holmes married Mitra Belkamp on October 1862. She was born in 1862 in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Minneapolis, Minnesota. He filed for divorce with Clara a few weeks after marrying Mitra. Alleged infidelity on her part. The claims could not be proven and the suit went nowhere. Surviving paperwork indicated that she probably was never even informed of the suit. In any case, the divorce was never finalized. It was dismissed June 4th, 1891 on the ground of want of prosecution. Holmes had a daughter with Merita, Lucy Theodore Holmes, who was born July 4th, 1889 in Englewood, Chicago. Illinois, Lucy became a public school teacher. Holmes lived with Merita and Lucy in Whitman, Illinois. Or we met, we met, whatever. And spent most of his time in Chicago attending the business. Holmes married Georgina Yoke on January 17, 1894, in Denver, Colorado, while, while still married to both Claire and Merita. Damn. Damn. Oh. Dude just needed a bunch of different pussy, man. Okay, by the way, may I add, July 4th, yet again, pops up in this goddamn story. I'm starting to get irritated with this fucking bullshit. Holmes arrived in Chicago in August 86, which is when he began using the name H.H. Holmes. He came across Elizabeth S. Holton's drugstore at the northwest corner of South Wallace Avenue and <laughs> West 63rd Street in Inglewood. Holton gave Holmes a job, and he proved to be a hardworking employee, eventually buying the store. Although several books portray Holton's husband as an old man who quickly vanished alongside his wife, Dr. Holton was a fellow Michigan alum, only a few years older than Holmes, and both Holton's remain... And both Holtons remained in Englewood throughout Holmes' life and survived well into the 20th century. It is admitted that they were killed by Holmes. Likewise, Holmes did not kill alleged castle victim, Miss Kate Durker, who also turned out to be very much alive. Holmes purchased an empty lot across from a drugstore where construction began in 87 for two story, a two-story mixed-use building. Departments on the second floor and retail space, including a new drugstore. A creditor of Holmes named John Dubrell died of apoplexy of on April 17th of 1891 in the drugstore. When Holmes declined to pay the architectures or the steel company and Tina Iron and Steel, they sued in 1888. In 1892, he added a third floor, telling investors and inspired to use it at the hotel. During the upcoming World Columbian Exposition, though so the hotel portion was never completed, in 1892 the hotel was somewhat completed in three stories 
on three stories in a basement. The ground floor was a storefront. Fictionalized accounts report that Holmes constructed the hotel to lure in tourists visiting the nearby World's Fair in order to murder them and sell their skeletons to medical schools. There is no evidence that Holmes <coughs> ever tried to lure strangers into this hotel to murder them. In fact, none of the none of his likely victims were strangers. Holmes did have a history of selling cadavers to medical schools. However, he acquired his wares through grave robbing rather than murder. Reports by the Yellow Press labeled the building as Holmes' murder castle, claiming the structure contained secret torture chambers, trap doors, gas chambers, and basement crematorium. None of these claims were true. Other claims, accounts claim the hotel was made up for over 100 rooms and laid out like a maze, with doors opening into brick walls, windowless rooms, and dead-end staircases. In reality, the hotel floor was moderately sized and largely unremarkable. Unremar- it did contain some hidden rooms, but they were used for hiding furniture homes bought on credit and did not intend to pay for it. <laughs> the hotel was gutted by a fire started by an unknown arsonist shortly after Holmes was arrested, but was largely rebuilt and used as a post office until 1938. Besides his infamous murder castle, Holmes also had a one-story factory which he claimed was to be used for glass bending. It is unclear if, if the factory furnace was ever used for glass bending. It is speculated to have been used to destroy incriminating evidence of Holmes's crimes. See, it's something a lot of it was made up. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure why they say he. Uh. You know, that he was a serial killer. I mean, he's only convicted of the one crime. Mm-hmm. Or the one murder. One of Holmes' early victims was his mistress Julia Smith. Smith. She was the wife of Ned Exusius. Connor, who had moved into Holmes' building and began working at his, his pharmacy's jewelry counter. After Connor found out about Smith's affair with Holmes, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Smythe and her daughter Pearl behind. Smythe gained custody of Pearl and remained at the hotel, continuing her relationship with Holmes. Julia and Pearl disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891, and Holmes later claimed that she had died during an abortion. Despite his medical background, Holmes was unlikely to be experienced in carrying out abortions. Immortality from such a procedure was at high at the time. Holmes claimed to have poisoned Pearl, likely to hide the circumstances of her mother's death. A partial skeleton, possibly of a child around Pearl's age, was found. When excavating Holmes' cellar, Pearl's father, Ned, was a key witness at Holmes' trial in Chicago. Well then. In the line. in the head. Segrady began working in the building in May 1892 and disappeared that December. Rumors followed her disappearance, claiming she had gotten pregnant by Holmes, possibly being a victim of another failed abortion that Holmes tried to cover up. Another young girl who had worked for Holmes in his building named Emily Van Tassel vanished too. While working in the chemical bank... (coughs) Building on Dearborn Street, Holmes met and became close friends with Benjamin Pitzel, a carpenter with a criminal past who was exhibiting in the same building, a coal bin he had been inventing, or he had invented. Holmes used Pitzel as his right-hand man for several crime scheme, criminal schemes. A district attorney later described Pitzel as Holmes' tool, his creature. 
Okay, then. <laughs> In early 1893, a one-time actress named Minnie Williams moved to Chicago. Holmes claimed to have met her in an employment office, though there were rumors he had met her in Boston years earlier. He offered her a job at the hotel as his personal stenographer, and she accepted. Holmes persuaded Williams to transfer the deed to her property in Fort Worth, Texas, to a man named Alexander Bond, an alias of Holmes. In April 1893, Williams transferred the deed to Holmes, serving as the notary. Holmes later then signed the deed over to Pitzel, giving him the alias Bitten T. Lemon. Lemon. The next month, Holmes and Williams presented themselves as husband and wife, rented an apartment in Chicago's Lincoln Park. Minnie's sister Annie came to visit, and in July, she wrote to her aunt that she planned to accompany Brother Harry to Europe. Neither Minnie nor Annie were seen alive after July 5th, 1893. Mm, see that? <laughs> July 5th. Why is July his target month? I don't like this. Although not proven, Holmes was suspected of killing six other persons who vanished between 1891 and 1895. Dr. Rustler, who had an office in the castle, went missing in 1892. Kitty Kelly, a stenographer of Holmes, who went missing in 1892. John G. Davis of Greenville, Pennsylvania, went to visit 1893 World's Fair and vanished in 1920. His daughter asked that he be declared newly dead. Henry Walker of Greensburg, Indiana, went missing in November 1893. He was to have insured his life to Holmes for $20,000 and wrote to his friends that he was working for Holmes in Chicago. Mr. Cole Beltmore, Baltimore, Maryland, was alleged to have disappeared after receiving a telegram from Holmes to come to Chicago in July of 1894. An otherwise unknown victim was a Lucy Burbank. Her bank book was found in the castle in 1895. Also not proven, a descendant currently living in Florida is making the argument that H.H. Holmes is none other than Jack the Ripper. It is presented based in a handwriting comparison analysis on the infamous Dear Boss letter written by the Ripper himself. <clears throat> the letters written by Holmes... Holmes' activities in the U.S. are well documented except for a short span of time between July 1888 and the beginning of 1889, during which he seems to have virtually disappeared. Coincidentally or not, Jack the Ripper went on his murder spree from August to November of 1888. Not long after Jack the Ripper, something, his That's final victim. Yeah. Mary Kelly, a ship's log in England, revealed that a passenger named H. Holmes booked passage for America. Historians have long maintained that Jack the Ripper was either a doctor or at least, at the very least, had medical training. H. H. Holmes received an M.D. from the University of Michigan Medical School, where he earned his doctorate. There, there he had ga he gained such extensive medical training in dissection and organ removal that he could take out a kidney or uterus in a mere matter of seconds. At least three of Jack the Ripper's victims had one or more of their organs removed. Scotland, Yard, Scotland Yard's profile of the Whitechapel murderer postulates that the killer was 5 feet 7 inches between 140 and 160 pounds and 25 to 35 years old. H.H. H. Holmes was 5 feet 7 inches 147 pounds and 27 years old. The artist's rendering included in the London newspaper bear an uncanny resemblance to photos of H.H. H. Holmes 
that were published in Chicago Tribune a few years later. I still Whoa. don't know what his fascination with the July is here. I don't know, but it's kind of cool to think that he could be Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Seeing how that was never solved. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I already read a little bit of that in my head, and I already hate the month that it said, because it's July, and then July. With insurance companies pressing to prosecute him for arson, Holmes left Chicago in July 1894. He reappeared in Fort Worth where he had an inherited property from the Williams sisters at the intersection of modern-day Commerce Street and 2nd Street. Here he once again attempted to build an incomplete structure without paying his suppliers and contractors. The building was not a site of any additional killings. In July 94, 1894, Holmes was arrested and briefly jailed for the first time on the charge of selling mortgage to goods in St. Louis, Missouri. He was promptly bailed out, but while in jail, he struck up a conversation with a convicted outlaw named Marion Hedgepith, who was serving a 25-year sentence. Holmes had collected a plan to swindle an insurance company out of $10,000 by taking only Paul Sam himself and then faking his death. Holmes promised Hedgebeth a $500 commission in exchange for the name of a lawyer who could be trusted. Holmes was directed to a young St. Louis attorney named... Jeffers Howe? Yeah. Howe. Howe thought Holmes' scheme was brilliant and agreed to play a part. Nevertheless, Holmes' plan... To fake his own death failed when the insurance company became suspicious and refused to pay. Holmes did not press the claim. Instead, he concocted a similar plan with Petzl. Petzl agreed to fake his own death so that his wife could collect a $10,000 life insurance policy, which she was to split with Holmes and Howe. The scheme, which was to take place in Philadelphia, called for Petzl to set himself up as an inventor under the name B.F. Perry and then be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. Holmes was to find an appropriate cadaver to play the role of Petzl. Instead, Holmes killed Petzl by knocking him unconscious with chloroform and setting his body on fire with the use of benzene. In his confession, Holmes implied Petzl was (coughs) still alive after he used the chloroform on him before he set him on fire. However, forensic evidence presented at Holmes' later trial show chloroform had been administered after Petzl's death, a fact which the insurance company was unaware, presumably to fake suicide exon- presumably to fake suicide to exonerate Holmes should be should he be charged with murder. <coughs> Holmes collected the insurance payout on the basis of genuine Petzl corpse. Holmes then went on to manipulate Petzl's unsuspected wife into allowing three of her five children, Alice, Nellie, and Howard, to be placed in his custody. The eldest daughter and baby remained with Mrs. Petzl. Holmes and the three Petzl children traveled throughout the northern United States and into Canada. Simultaneously, he escorted Mrs. Petzl along a parallel route, all while using various aliases and lying to Mrs. Petzl concerning her husband's death, as well as lying to her about the... the true whereabouts of her three missing children in Detroit just before Canada, before entering Canada, they were only separated by a few blocks. <coughs> and and even more on Josh's move, Holmes was 
staying at another location with his wife, who was unaware of the whole affair, Holmes later confessed to murdering Alice and Nellie by forcing them into a large trunk and locking them inside. He drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk and put one of the hose through the hose through the hole, attaching the other end to a gas line to fix it. The girls Holmes buried their new bodies in the cellar of his rental house at 16th Street, Vincent Street in Toronto. The home and address no longer exists. St. Vincent Street having long since been realigned to a part of Bay Street. Shit. I wonder if they ever found the bodies, though. That's what I'm wondering. Frank Geyer, Philadelphia Police Detective, assigned to investigate home to find the three missing children, found the decomposed bodies of two pretzel girls <laughs> in the cellar of Toronto home. Detective Girl wrote, The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor. We came from a recent death of the, of the feet. We discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. Now, they went to Indianapolis where Holmes, <coughs> a cottage Holmes was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs, which he used to kill young Howard Pitzel, and a repair shop to sharpen the knife he used to chop up the body before he burned it. The boy's teeth and bits of bone were discovered in the Holmes chimney. Damn. Holmes' murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston on November 17th, 1894, after being tracked there from Philadelphia by private. You know, you're awful quiet. Why don't you read Pinkerton me? National Detective Agency. <clears throat> he, he was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas before the authorities had become more suspicious at this point, and Holmes appeared po- poised to flee the country. In the company of his unsuspecting third wife. I'm still questioning why the fuck you would steal horses. I'm still questioning why you ain't reading. Because he doesn't like all the shit happens in July. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Because the beginning of the next paragraph is literally in July, July 1895. Following the discovery of Alice and Nellie's bodies, Chicago police and reporters begin investigating Holmes' building in Inglewood, now locally referred to as the castle. Through many sensational claims were made, no evidence was found which could have convicted Holmes in Chicago. According to Salisbury, stories of torture equipment found in the building are 20th century fiction. In October 1895, Holmes was put on trial for the, the murder of Benjamin Pencil and was found guilty and sentenced to death. But then, it was evident Holmes had also murdered the three missing Pencil children. Following the conviction, Holmes confessed to 27 murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto. Though some people he confessed to murdering were still alive, in six attempted murders, Holmes was paid $7,500 by the Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confession, which was quickly found to be mostly nonsense. While writing his confession in prison, Holmes mentioned how drastically his, his facial appearance had changed since his imprisonment. On May 7, 1896, Holmes was hanged at Mola Mincing Prison, also known as the Philadelphia County Prison, for the murder of Pitzel. Until the moment, the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and ab- amable. amable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. Despite this, he asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried ten feet deep. Because he was considering grave robbers, which still his body and used it for dissection. Which is funny as shit when you think about it. Holmes' neck did not break. He instead strangled to death slowly, twitching for over 15 minutes before 
being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung. Shit. That sucks, Upon man. Upon execution, Holmes' body was interred in an unmarked grave at Holy Cross Cemetery, a Catholic cemetery in the Philadelphia western suburb of Eden, Pennsylvania. On New, Year, on New Year's Eve, 1909, Head Griff, who had been pardoned for informing on Holmes, was shot and killed by police officer Edward Driver right during a holdup at Chicago Saloon. Well then. Fuck. March 7th, 1914, the Chicago Tribune reported that the death of Patrick Quinian, the former caretaker of the castle, the mysterious mysteries of Holmes' castle would remain unexplained. Quinn had committed suicide by taking strychnine. His body was found in the bathroom with a note that read, I couldn't sleep. Quinian's surviving relatives claimed he had been haunted for several months and was suffering from hallucinations. The castle itself was mysteriously gutted by fire in August 1895, according to a newspaper clipping from the New York Times. The two men were seen entering the back of the building between 8 and 9 p.m. About half an hour later, they were seen exiting the building and rapidly running away. Following several explosions, the castle went up in flames. Afterwards, investigators found a half-empty gas can underneath the back steps of the building. The building survived the fire and remained in use until it was torn down in 1938, the site occupied by the Inglewood branch of the United States Postal Service. I wonder if they knew, like, all the shit, like, that happened there. Before they built the post office? Like, before they just turned it into the post office? In 2017, amid allegations, Holmes had, in fact, escaped execution. Holmes' body was exhumed for testing, led by Janet Mullen of the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology. Due to his coffin being contained in cement, his body was found not to have decomposed normally. His clothes were almost perfectly preserved, and his mustache was found to be intact. The body was positively identified by his teeth. As we know, Holmes, Holmes was then reburied. Wow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so they really did bury his coffin in cement. Why I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> mm. They do that now. Yeah, now they put you in a cement box and then... Alright, in pop- popular culture. Uh, there's a bunch of books wrote on it. Uh, literally. Yeah. Um, including American Gothic <coughs> by horror writer Robert Bloch was a fictional ver- fictionalized version of the story of H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, like I said, it was on Supernatural. That's how I knew who H.H. H. Holmes was. Still hate myself that I forgot I was on Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I see. I, I I remember like little shit like that, which why I knew he's you know classified as America's first serial killer. And I did not know the stuff about him possibly being Jack the Ripper, though. Yeah, that was really fucking cool. <laughs> I don't like how most of his shit went down in July. Mm. That kind of freaks me out. That's just when your birthday is. I, well, it, it just freaks me out because think about it, though. 
Because you had read that one ghost story about how dude's body went missing in 1881. My house was built in 1881, <laughs> and it turns around that he's murdering people in July. I think this shit's getting kind of weird. Uh, just think, though. Yeah, but I wasn't here. It was around he Chicago. And... He technically could have visited here. I know. Shut up. And he liked Robin Graves. Shut up. <laughs> I, I know I ain't going to go to sleep tonight, but now this is going to make me stay up even longer. I never once said he visited, visited here, though. It was always like Chicago and then all over the place. The closest he was ever here is Alton. At least that's you know, what's known. It was still a possibility, though, he was here. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, the fact that he could possibly have been Jack the Ripper, that's crazy. Yeah. That's fucking insane. The fact that, hey, this could be true. They don't know for sure because there's no... True evidence. They never caught Jack the Ripper, so... And during that time, there was no killings over here. Yeah. they were over there. But they also said, like, his building in Chicago was a torture factory. So a gas chamber and just which like was, different different true. torture chambers, uh, which is actually why I was interested in doing this because of all that stuff. Which was not true. Yeah. Uh, but I also didn't know his building got turned into a post office. But you'd kind of be weirded out working in a post office, or I don't know our old the old post office over on Eighth and Hampshire here used to be a county jail. Oh shit. There are apartments now, but they still have the jail cells. Why? Like the fucking bars. Why? Because it's, it's all built into the concrete, so no. they just left them. Why bother cutting them out? They just left them. So you could actually have an apartment with jail cells. Mm. <laughs> with the fucking like old school bars and everything in it. Shit. I mean, I think it would be cool to actually... If they wouldn't have tore down the building... And they would have preserved it. I think it had been kind of a cool tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. But I get it, though. I mean, older, like, super old buildings like that. They would burn. Yeah. Like, well, just super old buildings like that, they don't, they don't stand the, t- you know, stand the test of time all the time. Yeah. Depending on how it was made, maybe they just couldn't save it. Especially if there was a fire in it, too. Yeah. Damage to the inside. So, I mean, it makes sense. But like I said, it'd been a cool, it would be a cool tourist attraction if they had it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man I am probably won't be sleeping tonight Beth just messaged me told me she's going to stay at Chrissy's house tonight so I'm probably not going to be sleeping tonight I'll probably sit up playing my Switch for a while and I'll watch something on TV hey I need one of y'all that got a Switch to uh, buy Pokemon Scarlet that way I can have the Scarlet exclusive Pokemon because mm-hmm. I have Violet and I can send you like you know, Violet exclusive Pokemon. <laughs> it's a cool Pokemon game. I'm going to recommend it for this week's recommendation. Well, you already did. Yeah, look at that. Shit, there you go. <laughs> Five star review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter yeah. at Creeptastic Nerd. Uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Creeptastic Nerds. Or you can email us at creepdicenerd at gmail.com. Yes, my recommendation is Pokemon Violet or Scarlet. Gotta catch them all. You know, okay, this is the reason I actually <laughs> did the rec like that. Uh, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet are completely different styles of Pokemon games. Like, okay, so all old school Pokemon games are basically the same. 
you start you get your starting Pokemon town you live in. You then travel around to each gym, and the gyms have to go in a certain order. Yeah. Scarlet and Violet, you do not have to do that. You can actually just level up your Pokemon and go beat the last gym if you want, and then go back to the very beginning. Like, there's no, you know, it's a, you know, you just, yeah, you just kind of move around however you want. It's actually really cool. And they give you a fucking dragon to ride around on. Shit. So you're not walking. And, like, as you beat, like, through the game, because, like, you have to go, obviously, you're battle, you got to battle the gyms, and you got to become champion, all that kind of stuff. The Elite Four, you actually have to answer a test correctly on everything you learned on your journey to be to even be able to battle the Elite Four. <clears throat> but there's also other side ones that you have to do, like... Uh, you have to beat the Titan Pokemon, which are gigantic fucking Pokemon mm-hmm. that you got to beat, so that you could, <laughs> so that the guy you're helping do that, he can feed his one of his Pokemon that's really really sick these herbs, and it he it also heals your Dragon Pokemon that you ride around on, and then come to find out you it's ride a future ride on Pokemon, yeah. They actually have a dragon Pokemon that is literally a motorcycle. I can stand up and walk and everything, but it actually has wheels. What the fuck? It's it's really cool though. It really is. <clears throat> but you also have to stop Team Star, who are the bullies. The whole time, though, you're doing all this, you can also go to school. Which is, is too much. Well, you don't have to. I didn't go. I didn't bother with the school until after I had done beat everything. Then I just went and done all the classes. But then at the like after you become champion and everything, which is normally where the game ends and you just credits, you know, roll. This one doesn't do that. Instead, you can actually, you got to go to something they call Area Zero, Mm -hmm. and you actually can catch Pokemon in there that you can't catch anywhere else in the game, like Iron Pokemon. They have one called Iron Bundle. It's a fucking deli bird. The ones that carry the fucking gift bag, Mm -hmm. it's one of them, but it's metal. So you throw a metal package today? Something like that. Or it, uh, whatever, whichever version of the game you get, um, you have to fight the dragons you ride around on. It's different for each one. Uh, so I have Violet, so I, I was able to catch that Pokemon, like a second one. Mm-hmm. And I can still use the one I actually ride around on. I can actually put them in my party and everything. You get there, Jay? But they also added a new feature to this one. You can actually battle anywhere, anyone from around the world, which is kind of cool. Or you can surprise trade. So you don't know what the fuck you're trading for. It's just whoever wants to trade something. So you could get... Like, I ended up with all three starters. And all I did was just breed my starting Pokemon. Oh. 
and just kept trading. I bred it a shit ton and just kept trading it until I got what I wanted. Baby, come, baby, come, baby, come, man. Hey, dude, by the way, they're going to be in Bloomington. I know, I saw that. In May. I saw that. I really thought about driving up there. It'd be cool. To go to that concert. It'd be cool to see. Hell yeah. Which is, like I said, why I thought about driving up there to that concert. Judas in my mind. Hey, you know what movie's coming out? I really want to go see. Super Mario Brothers. Fuck yeah. It's coming out like the 7th of April or something like that. Hell yeah. I want to see the, the new the new Shazam movies coming out. I want to see that. Yeah. That was good. Then Dude. I also want to see Renfield. I see Fast and Furious. It's all about family. No shit. I said it's all about family. We were just out. <laughs> uh, what kills me the most going in was like Shazam with that one, and like the first one even when they're all like yelling Shazam and they transform. One of the people in that movie I can't remember what her fucking name is is. McGarrett's girlfriend in Hawaii Five O. Cool story. I was like, oh, I I, I, I've never watched Hawaii Five O. Well, you need to. Uh, I don't know if you realize this. A lot of what I watch is in prep for this. True. So, carry on my way. There'll be peace when you are gone. I woke up this morning, like, I crashed out hard last night, because, you know, Thursday night I slept in my car, so I didn't yeah. sleep a whole lot. Uh, then, so last night when, when I finally went to sleep, I got fucking crashed hard, like, I didn't even feel Beth get out of bed. Shit. Like, I slept so fucking hard. I got up to go to the bathroom at, like, 9.30 this morning, and I felt like I was fucking drunk. Jeez. Like, stumbling drunk. Like, super fucking dizzy, stumbling around drunk. Like, felt like I was fucking drunk. And I was like, what the fuck? Kind of good sleep. Man, I went and laid back down. I grabbed a soda, went and laid back down. I just fucking just laid in bed. Text her, told her good morning, all that kind of stuff, because she's already at work. Yeah. And I just, I literally just didn't move. I was like, fuck that. Like, I was staying in because I don't smoke in the house very often now. And when I do, it's usually because it's really cold outside. And I'm not dressed to go outside in the cold. Or, like, Beth's not home, then I'll smoke in the kitchen. Because I can kind of cover up the kitchen smell a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I smoked, like, I was staying in there while I was feeling drunk. I smoked a cigarette to try to, like, wake, you know, wake myself up the rest of the way. Oh, man, it was horrible. I did not like that feeling. Especially now, because I don't get drunk. Like, even if I'm drinking just straight whiskey, I still don't get drunk. So the fact that I felt like I was, like, concerned me a little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, remember when we, when me, you, and Cole was texting about my little post I put on Facebook? I had an anxiety attack. Yeah, that's all you had an anxiety like really bad one like I couldn't fucking like I legit felt like I couldn't breathe but my oxygen level was fine so obviously I was breathing uh you know who the person that was supposed to draw my blood was Anna uh-uh. she literally came in seen it was me set stuff down and walked out uh-uh. so it's like alright 
I was like, well, that's good news for Beth, seeing how she didn't like the fact that me and Anna were friends. I guess we're not friends now. <laughs> yeah, but it was a job. She couldn't even do her job. I don't know. And it could have been that everybody was in there, because like, there, the doctor was in there, two nurses was in there. You know, so, it is what it is. I don't care. If that's the way it is, that's the way it is, man. Isn't she, isn't she a phlebotomist? I have no idea what the fuck she is. Um, I know she went back to school to get her CNA. And I don't fucking know after that. I don't really know. Not really my concern, I guess. Alright, five-star review on Apple Podcasts yes, and Spotify. Yes. Reach out to us on Twitter at Creeptastic Nerd. Yes, please reach out. Facebook and Instagram at The Creeptastic uh-huh. Nerds. Or you can email us at creeptastic.nerd at gmail.com. We'll be back with you guys Get next week. Peace. Peace.